0: Welcome to another episode of the Profitable Audience Podcast. We are actually sitting here live at FinCon with one of the OG bloggers,
1: probably one of the
0: oldest bloggers. Oh, hold on. That's, I'm not that old. Don't make me that old. That's J.D. Roth. <laughs> the grandfather of personal finance, Yeah, uh, Larry Ludwig, and of course, uh, we got Tony as well as co-host.
2: Yeah, we dragged Larry off the exhibit floor, so yes.
1: thank you for that. Somehow suckered into this.
0: But Larry has had tremendous success with his blog, Investor Junkie, which he recently sold for an undisclosed large well, sum. Well, it
1: undisclosed. Uh, was uh, it? Are we
0: allowed to reveal it? We can't reveal
1: it It is public information, so we yeah,
0: can't. Uh, I'm sorry, how much? S- six million. S- did you hear that? Yeah. Six million dollars. I was
2: like, I like how he dropped
1: that number, like yeah. six million.
0: <laughs> no big deal. Nope. No big deal. No
1: big deal. But I mean, the... Uh... And it's not that it was not that recent either. It's now actually four years ago now. Oh, has it
0: been four years? Yeah,
1: time flies. Oh
0: man, okay, yeah. We have COVID. That's yeah. true.
2: Okay, so I'm curious because I don't I don't know you as well as Steve knows you. Yeah. When did? Because you're like one of the OG FinConners.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I I missed the first one okay. in uh, Chicago, and I uh, missed actually uh, Raleigh, okay. or is it Char- no, Charlotte? No, Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah. I missed that one, so I'm I'm not completely all eleven fin-con, uh, FinCons where. We're now down to 10, believe it or not.
2: Okay. You didn't have to be totally honest. You could have just said, yes, I'm an OG. Well, I'm still (laughs) an OG because
1: I started in 2009. Okay, that's what I was curious. You started blogging in 2009. I started started web development, web hosting in 1995. Okay. So I'm really an OG in that sense. Um, But yeah, I started developing websites back then. And I had a web hosting company, right, where I was like, well, I'm making making others successful with their blogs building their businesses why not build a blog in this case about investing and talk about what I liked
2: were you an investor at the time yes okay
1: and it just it made sense I really read a lot about it knew a lot about investing perfect fit for my interests and I couldn't find a blog interesting enough that really interested me about investing I mean I loved J.D. Roth's Get Rich Slowly and other blogs like that you know Consumerism Commentary as well yeah. one, another OG from um, Harlan but they didn't speak to my what I wanted to see, more about investing than personal finance, getting out of debt. That's kind of where I, the kind of genesis started. It was like, if they could do this, and their cases even sell their blogs, why can't I?
2: So when you started Investor Junkie, did you think you would eventually sell it?
1: Um, it would have been nice, of course. I had that dream. I mean, when I saw them on stage, actually in FinCon in um, Colorado, I had, you know, it was like, again, that made it more real and I could do it. It, I did develop it where it was not just about me. I didn't want to have a personal brand where I saw other bloggers. Right, It was just them. If they left, you know, the blog disappeared. So I, I purposely made sure it wasn't about me.
0: Well, what's ironic now is that you own LarryLudwig.com. Yes, no, I've gone the complete
1: opposite. <laughs> I've gone the complete opposite and had a personal brand because uh, at this stage, I don't care if I want to sell it or not.
0: Well, what are the pros and cons of doing both, actually?
1: Oh, that's a good question. We can talk about that. Um the pros and cons. I mean, a personal brand definitely has the you know the person, the expertise. They can actually speak about said topics. The limitation of that, of course, is you can't get multiple people involved. If you start, I mean, although with the with the advent of deepfake technology and the stuff going down, you know, the next few years, I think you'll be able to scale a personal brand more than ever. I mean, I've always said that you can you can have deepfake technology, audio, even. I can have someone else speak for me. They That's true. It me. actually works really is well. It, am I really Larry David right now? Is it someone else? We'll see. So that's a fascinating topic on personal branding. But I think I want to do a personal brand because I didn't care to sell it. I was not interested in selling it. I want to build out my reputation and my expertise. And if anything, I should have done both at the same time. I should have had Investor Junkie and Larry Ledwood at the same time. I never did that. So that's my biggest mistake.
0: I don't think that's a mistake at all. I, I can't imagine, because you'd be fracturing your time between two sites, right? True. At the same time.
1: But it's something you should build. It's where if I sold the business, I could then keep going with the personal brand. That's true. That's yeah. true.
0: Um, I know that when you were running Investor Junkie, you had a bunch of writers. Like, how much content were you writing versus your hired?
1: At, at the beginning, that's a good question. At the beginning, we had, it was just me. So I, I was just writing all the content for the first two or three years. And from that, um, start hired editor first. From there, then got writers and built out the blog from there. And at the end, when I sold in 2018, I did very little writing. I was doing more managerial and other things, higher level, just because of time constraints. Uh, so I didn't write most of the content when I left.
0: What frequency were you publishing in the very beginning when it was just you?
1: Once or twice a week. It was not enough. It took a while because it really took about the first two years before I even got any sort of income for the blog. And from there, you know, it started taking off when I really realized how to properly target the audience and not and target SEO too, really get SEO traffic, you know, organic traffic from Google, where I was writing stuff that may have interested me, you know, but it didn't garner any search traffic, so no one found it. And I mean, I had some loyal readers, but it didn't generate any revenue either. So that kind of was the big light bulb. It was actually an article on Trade King I did at the time, there were a brokerage firm that existed here and um, grew from that. So what were
2: your primary sources of revenue throughout the years? Did it stay the same or did it change as you grew? Um,
1: good question. Advertising was very small from the beginning. I knew the limitations from that, but it was almost all affiliate marketing. The, the companies would change over time. Yeah. You know, companies would come and go. I would understand they would come out with new products, and new fintech would come on down the, the road. But it was not just one company. I mean, I definitely diversified. I, my goal was to talk about all investing and only investing, where a lot of other blogs at the time had, you know, personal finance, which included debt, credit card, maybe investing, you know, other things related to just personal finance. And I didn't want to. I purposely narrow casted my my topic.
0: Here's what's interesting, uh, and, and correct me if I'm wrong with my memory, but email marketing was not a large part of your business at all, right? No. Why is that? and what was working for you?
1: Part of it, I think, is the niche itself. And I, someone actually just asked me before, what investing is one of those topics, right, that people don't actively usually seek out. It's the same thing with even personal finance to a degree, is they have to have a major life event. They have to have their uh, you know, first job, their you know, first time getting married, having a divorce, having a death in a family. Those life-changing events is where usually that they take action on going, I really need to learn about this investing thing. And it's usually where they take action. That's so. Those are major inflection points. An email is it's while it's a longer sales cycle than say just landing on a page and converting, it didn't work well just because I think the topics that I covered. It most people didn't. They want they converted actually quicker than I expected because oh, they were much I further on the funnel. Like if if I did a review on Betterment, right? They were pretty much ready to convert that day. Where if I put them on an the email sequence, that could be, you know three or four days later, weeks later, before they you got the actual offer. And it just didn't make sense to them. Where, you know, if you have a course, right, in your case, for you, Steve, you have your own course, they're, they're still getting warming up to your brand. So they're very cold. They're much higher in that sales funnel. And they're much, you know, with Investor Junkie, they were much further along. They are at the last touch point or close to that last touch point before they finally converted. So that that's why it didn't make sense.
2: Sorry, you got started... Before a lot of the social media that we have today and you didn't do email. You probably weren't doing a lot of, I would say, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest.
1: I mean, Facebook to a degree, but it was, yeah. it was the better reach then. Yeah. Um, I mean, if, if today, I mean, the argument I have, and I have an article on this said topic is I, I have all four social media and I think people should do it without question, but you don't own that channel. Right. So if you, you know, right now, TikTok is all the rage you're getting all this reach. people are doing great with it but you know at some point it's probably going to change where TikTok won't really reach as well or you know they'll decide to have to do more pay to play to get you have to spend ad spend to get reached or worst cases you get cut off for some unknown violation that you didn't even know you did right and from there you lose that channel in some cases people's businesses go uh, you know bust overnight and that's a that's a huge issue in my eyes where blog even though it's not as sexy and as fashionable today, it's something you own. Mailing lists, a blog is something you own. And without question, that should be part of, it should be the hub where you have the spokes of social media channels to reach your audience. So without question, they should use it, but it shouldn't be relied on. Like like a lot of, I see a lot of people at FinCon that rely on just one channel. It could be even social media, uh, SEO as well. You rely on SEO, you know, Google changes the algorithm, you lose all that traffic and your business is over. We've seen that again and again, being the OG that I am. <laughs> well, I mean, I've lived through many
0: a uh, Google algorithm change and you have to adjust each time. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. Well, what is the strategy with Larry Ludwig then now that you're starting a blog pretty much over from scratch? scratch yeah.
1: yeah. Um, as of late, I've been doing it. I, I actually bought a blog last year. I merged it with my site. It was actually about web hosting, web development. So it was very similar to my niche. I merged it in January of this year. Initially, it did very well. It's still doing somewhat well. I've lost some SEO from that. I think the biggest issue I've had with Google is I originally just had affiliate marketing as a topic, added now all these other topics, what I consider sort of related, like blogging and um, web hosting, but Google is sort of questioning what I represent now. So I've had a little bit of issue, if you look at the stats as of today, uh, you know, September, 2022, it's it's had some issues with ranking because of that I think uh, but in the long term SEO has been my strategy but also I, I do a lot of consulting as well so I do affiliate marketing currently for you know web hosting email marketing you know uh, shopping carts what have you and from there I also do consulting for others to help better optimize their site so I, I've actually gotten more enjoyment as of late to help other bloggers other either on the merchant side you know they actually sell their own products better or on the affiliate side had a better optimize and track where they come from
2: do you think you were able to leverage being a consultant because of your past history because we have a lot of people in our course who are interested in being a consultant but they don't necessarily have they might have a background in the topic but they don't have that
1: you know you had a website you'd already been doing this many years yeah yeah um i mean that's obviously a huge benefit for me yeah i mean at some level right if you know more than the customer right you're an expert yeah. So if anything I would say if you if you think you know some level of expertise at um, whatever topic it is, you should yeah. do consulting as long as you can you know, get the right customer base. You know, if you if you're doing, you know, bloggers that are just starting out as an example for me, then obviously I should be a few levels above them in terms of expertise, I should hope hopefully. But, you know, my case obviously I've had that background for over now 25 years. So I can obviously speak to the basics of a beginner to someone who needs really advanced you know, optimization, conversion yeah. optimization.
2: But you also have created a couple, a couple courses.
1: I have two courses at the moment. Okay, so
2: you're, so we get this question too, like, should I create a course? Should I do a membership site? Should I do consulting? You've done two of the three.
1: Um, it depends on what. I mean, it really depends on the niche you're in. I mean, that's a common question, right? I get as well. Is what, what should I create? What right. Should, it, it really depends on the niche. I mean, affiliate marketing makes sense for a lot of services, a lot of niches. But it depends. There's some niches that doesn't lend itself at all to affiliate marketing. Where a course may make sense, right? Or selling an actual physical product makes sense. It really—it's hard to say. Or you know, like a membership area. That's—it really depends on what the niche is. So it's hard to give it a, like a generic answer for anyone. Yeah. But all those are very definitely you know possible options. I like affiliate marketing over advertising because of ultimately you can you can better monitor. You don't have to work with advertising. You get paid per thousand visitors usually. And it's cost per click usually. So therefore, you get paid more if you get more traffic. With a beginner blogger or beginner writer for your website, you have very little traffic. Right. So what matters more for affiliate marketing is you get cost per action. You get the you get you get reward you get rewarded for quality over quantity. So you're much better doing affiliate marketing as a beginner than doing ads. Right. But A lot of people do the opposite. They do ads, 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 and they make they complain how little they make. It's because of you have little traffic, right? We're almost better off doing affiliate marketing, and especially for SEL or organic traffic, where you do that longer tailed keyword. The example I just used before is used cars is a very popular topic, right? You get a lot of traffic, but the intent is very, very low, so therefore, it's not only high competition that you're never going to rank for it as a beginner, but you're better off doing the example I like to use is you know, you're looking for a 2015 911 Porsche. Turbo S. Do you have one? Uh, that's kind of, how would you guess?
0: <laughs> I was just telling Tony that that was the car that you uh, yeah. got. Yeah. So it's
1: exact, It's exact, you know, specific car, it might be very low volume, but the intent is very, very high. So the conversion rate is going to be dramatically better. So you're better off going for that said keyword, especially if you can speak on that said topic very, very proficiently. Right. Yeah, you know, you're better off doing that. So used cars, most people go for the used cars, where you should be going for that longer tailed keyword. Yeah.
0: Well, that's actually a common question we get asked. Is SEO dead? Like you're starting over and you said you're still going for the SEO, right? And the niches that you actually just described are very competitive. Very competitive. They've
1: probably been more than investing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm doing pretty well for what it is. I mean, I have a DR of 71 now. Well, if you haven't bought
0: that site. yeah, It
1: would be about 40.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah. So how... How would you have gotten to that 40?
1: A lot of grunt work, which I didn't want to do. The, the shortcut is to buy another blog. especially It has to be within that said niche. If you buy one, it's completely... A lot of people buy other blogs for authority, and it'll be completely a completely different topic, and that's a bad idea. Okay. But that being said, I, I shortcut. I sh- kind of shortcut that process you know, by buying another blog. So, yeah, I have now, what, 2,000 backlinks or 3,000 backlinks. Where before I only had 800 or something like that. Right. Well,
0: how did you get those 800? Um, you linked to
1: my site, Steve. So <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I, I did. Yeah. What's
2: the secret to getting Steve Chu to link to your yeah, site? Yeah. Um, Be <laughs> honest.
1: Podcast. Um, outside of that, it's really just writing good. I was uh, an investor junkie. People ask me all the time how to get a lot of backlinks. It was actually organic. I we did not for the first six or seven years get. We did not do any backlink. Uh, your campaigns at all. Okay. We actually just did it organically and you write good articles, people will start linking to you. That's always the first thing. I mean, obviously you can start doing campaigns to get backlinks to your site, but that's to be secondary. First, write the good content right? before you do that because if no one's going to link to you, you know, either way.
2: So you had a, a blog on investing, but your first course, I think, was on SEO.
1: Correct. Well, on Larry Ludwig now. On Larry Ludwig, it's about SEO. Yeah. Right.
2: But, so your fir- but your first course that you launched was about SEO, but in the space, you were known for investing.
1: Correct, yes, yeah, a completely different vertical, so yeah. You...
2: So how did you market the SEO course? Because your audience from like Investor Junkie probably doesn't care about SEO.
1: It's a, yeah, I'm starting literally from scratch. Right. So, yeah, that, that's the bad part. I mean, not only from people, but also Google as well. Google also, authority-wise, mm-hmm. knows me as, even though technically my background has been for years in the space, right. Google looks at me as an investment expert or authority. And therefore, it's like, again, that's another th- hurdle. It's not an easy process. I, I've realized that. When I, I mean, I did think about that before I even started going down this path. And I was like, might as well. Yeah. You know, I have the time. I'm not in some rush.
0: Wait, so what is your strategy to get people into that course?
1: Oh, as far as right now, it's organic and affiliate. I mean, I, I should be promoting it more, but I'm lazy. I should be really promoting it and start optimizing and getting you know keywords there are definitely keywords that go after our scene you'll look at competitors there are other competing competing seo courses that can easily copy their keywords that they do paid paid ad spend on and do that
2: because it's an seo course do you find yourself having to update it frequently or how do you work on that side of things
1: in the case of seo it's pretty the way i've written it is very evergreen because i know to your point yeah a lot of things have changed but there's still a lot of things that have not changed over the past two years it's about two and a half years old now okay and the topics are still relevant i mean ultimately it's for a writer right i'm i'm targeting writers i'm right. not dealing with the technical side so they're not very technical to begin with okay on top of it, i don't get into that side of the, the equation for this course on purpose okay. my goal is to help you know if you have a blog you need have, you know, or you have a writer who needs help with better optimization of seo yeah they they just care about the actual content so what can you do content wise there's a lot of things that you can do content wise that it's very evergreen from a seo course perspective which hasn't changed so that that's not been an issue but yeah to your point in general courses are you constantly have to maintain update yeah. especially anything tech-based for that question
2: well we were just chatting before we started recording that we don't like to teach anything about like social media we do, yeah. but we hate it because you teach something about Facebook and six months later it's not well, necessarily relevant anymore.
1: I mean, the best way to do it is definitely compartmentalize that in your course. right? Make it a small module that if it does change or break, you either can remove it outright or yeah. you can add, yeah, update it or change it. I mean, there's definitely ways, techniques-wise, to cut down the time and effort to yeah. edit or pro- do the production for that said change. But yeah, that's a, that's a common issue in the course that's the that's the uh life we lead as course creators do you do any live component in your course i do i do have a live i that's one of the things i have it's not for the seo one but for my full-time blogger course i did okay and that that's actually really i get a lot of enjoyment out of that because i think it's helping a lot of you know bloggers who have they're, they're currently doing a blog but they're they want to make it full-time and they just need that one-on-one coaching where i can do it on a mass scale where i can have you know 10 people on a call and be effective. Is
2: the sales page for that course a picture of you with just stacks of money and your new car? Is that,
1: well, is that
0: your Yeah, there sold? is that type of market. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, 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 I'm not. I mean, the, the
1: funny thing is, though, to your point, right? That, but that's what also sells. I mean, that's one of the things Great. that I'm always wrestled with is i don't want to do the whole you know classic here's me in the sports car selling my course you too can do it too the Ty lopez example that we always love to (laughs) reference the problem is i'm not i'm not really interested in that but that's what sells because if that's it's sexy it looks you know that's what people think of but yeah i've wrestled that from a marketing standpoint i have not really gone down that path but i I could easily do so yeah yeah because i'm truly doing that in real life it's kind of funny but, yeah. He that, currently
2: the, has stacks of money all around the yes, right Yes, yeah,
1: literally, yes. <laughs> Actually, the, the booth over there does. Over there. Yeah, the guys, um, Yeah, they do. They have a stack of money over jumping there. On the-
0: I use a picture of my souped-up minivan, fully loaded <laughs> in the background. Well,
1: you were
2: on CNBC, so you have the, that authority. <laughs> you have rear out. air conditioning on that van. You are <laughs> yeah. fully loaded.
1: Yes. I have a question for you. Yeah. So,
0: you've chosen SEO, and I don't think you do a whole lot of social, right? So, I'm just kind of curious what the reasoning is behind that.
1: Because you don't own it. I don't, you don't own that channel. I'm just lazy because I know the effort it requires to do social. In your case, you're doing really well, Steve.
0: Well, you know, you technically don't own SEO either, right? Because if Google... You
1: don't. I mean, you own your blog, but at least you have a channel. You have something that people can go to. You can do still pay traffic. It's another way to... But to your point, yeah, you don't own SEO either. That That's always a risk. It's But I should do... I'm just lazy, to be honest. I should do more Because you
0: made your money now. Well, it's like...
1: Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I, I'm... At an end, too, I also want to, again, attract the right people. I mean, I've been doing a lot of consulting lately and helping people, you know, better you know, optimize their blog and make sure um, they can actually, you know, make more money. And that's really makes me happy, too, from a you know business perspective. So I haven't I've been really busy lately. So I don't I haven't been focusing on social because of just time. It's a time suck.
0: It is a time suck for sure.
2: So we have a little bit of time left. We're at FinCon. You're one of the OGs there's probably not a lot of sessions here anymore that
1: you know i know i know pt the, won't it's going to kill me for saying that but there, no. no there are yeah. great
2: sessions here yes, and, there and especially are. if you're trying to get into something new so if you wanted to there was a youtube session this morning that packs. steve couldn't yeah. even yeah. get into right um packs. there was a podcasting session this morning if that's something that you're interested in so it's still a great place to learn Definitely. but you're Obviously, coming for the networking. Totally. Were, was that always the case for you, or has it changed over the years? Why would, you're still going to events? So why are they beneficial? Yeah,
1: because I'm not even in personal finance right, right now. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I, one is I have a lot of friends like Steve. And, yeah. And for many years now, and on top of that, the networking definitely is a factor without question. FinCon is the best for networking that I've ever been to any conference for that matter.
2: Because you haven't been to ours,
1: but I'm going to let that slide. Yeah, well, yeah, very true. <laughs> I, I need to go to yours. Um, but that. That's yeah. The I mean, initially when I first came, I did go to a few of the sessions. Yeah. But ultimately, I've been again because I'm an OG on top of an OG in technology and, and web development. It's I, I can teach some of these things in more detail. Right. Or know it. So it's like I, I, I get some value add, but not a lot from a lot of the presenters. It's it's more the networking because if that that to me is where where it's at for me at least. But again, I'm more the exception than the rule. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: All right, Larry. So. If you were to start all over again, which you kind of did, <laughs>
2: uh, did, when you started all over yeah, again, I, I mean, I mean again, you
1: chose blogging yeah.
0: versus some of the other mediums. I'm just kind of wondering what, what the Why thought did, process was. Like was. I
1: should done, well, again, because I own that. So I wanted to focus on that first. I do want to do a YouTube channel like Rob Burger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah, a he's a had tremendous us, success. Has, yeah. He's had tremendous success and not optimization at all. He's done no optimization. Exactly. Yeah. And he's got 60,000 subscribers as it's, today. Uh, that's pretty amazing. So, that being said, I mean, ultimately, yeah, I should do it because of, it lends itself very well to teaching online for, you know, blogging. It's just, again, it's a fa- time factor. I, that's the one I would definitely, as far as any social media, would be YouTube in my case. On top of, for affiliate marketing, it definitely, it's very effective. I, you know, many of my clients do YouTube. And it's underutilized as far as affiliate marketing is concerned.
0: Well, let me ask that question in a different way. Yeah. If you were to advise someone new who came up to you and said, hey, should I do a blog, uh a youtube channel podcast or focus on social like tiktok what would you tell them today
1: a blog first i mean i all those i think made sense yeah but i think as far as focus one at a time as opposed to doing all at once so i think get a certain level of competency in blogging then go to say youtube social media so forth and so on meaning don't do it all at once because it, you'll wind up really overwhelming yourself
0: okay so blog for you would still be number one today
1: definitely because you own that and you can build it's for there forever where, again, social media could disappear overnight. All right,
2: well, thank you so much for coming on. It was fun to have lunch with you and then chat further on the podcast. Definitely. So, um, where can people find you?
1: Uh, oddly enough, at larryludwood.com. <laughs>
0: <laughs> After we spent the first part of the conversation talking about hey, he didn't want his name on the yeah. brand. To be- <laughs> yes. All
1: right. thank well, thanks
2: having- so much. Yes.
0: Well, I hope you enjoy that episode. Now, for more information about this episode, go to profitableaudience.com slash podcast, where we list all of the tools and resources mentioned in our show notes.
2: And if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. When you write us a review, it not only makes our day, but it helps keep this podcast up in the ranks so other people can use this information, find the show more easily, and get some awesome business advice.
0: Leaving a review is by far the best way to support the show. And please tell your friends because the greatest compliment that you can give us is to provide a referral to someone else, either in person or to share it on the web.
2: And if you're interested in building your own profitable audience, subscribe to our free six-day mini course where we walk you through the exact steps needed to find your niche, build a website, grab email subscribers, and monetize your content. You can sign up at profitableaudience.com slash free. Thanks for listening.